Hey, good morning, everyone, and uh, so glad you could join us today. I, I don't know about you, but I'm particularly excited today because we're entering into a brand new season. I, I'm a big basketball fan. Now, truth is, I like all the sports and get involved in all the sports, but my favorite is basketball. And for those of you who realize it and are basketball fans, you know that we are about to begin a new season, at least at the high school level. And so new seasons are a lot of fun because guess what? Every basketball team at this point is excited about the new season. They're excited about pa the passion of playing basketball. They have great hope, right? They're, they're, they got hope for wins. They got hope for championships. They got hopes for improvement. They, they got hope, all this hope that's built up. And, and, and right now, everybody has equal hope of all these things. And, and, and they're just excited because all the fun's about to begin. That's really the way it is with new seasons. Seasons can be times of excitement and hope and, and fun. Seasons can be times when we change just enough that we can begin to expect with anticipation what that new season is all about. Today, I want to talk about entering into a new season. Really not want to talk about entering into a new basketball season. I want to talk about entering into a new season at the orchard. We've talked weeks now about seasons at the orchard. We've talked about how they're important and why they're important. We've talked about different seasons and, and looked back at some past seasons in anticipation of new seasons. And we've done that not for the sake of comparing, but for the sake of preparing. We've really believed that comparing, when talking about a new season, comparing is always better than preparing. And what we've learned is a very important truth, and that is that Every season has its reason. Every season has a reason. There's a reason for each of the seasons that we pass through. There's a reason for summer, winter, spring, fall. There's a, there's a reason for various seasons of life and marriage and family. And there's a reason for every season at church. And our job is to look back occasionally at past seasons to see how it can prepare us for a coming season. We've talked, for example, about three past seasons. I want to review those quickly in case you missed them. First of all, we talked about the orchard had a season of launching. 2007, the orchard was launched and it became a new church with a new fresh mission and a, a new idea and a fresh vision. And then we talked about how we moved from a launching season to a season of addition and, and how people began to be added to the church, which caused some growth and it, how it was really momentum growth. It grew out of the momentum of new people and new vision. And then we talked last week about a season of subtraction. And as we had this momentum growth, we, we, we understand that at some point we have to move from momentum growth to strategic growth. And that often means subtraction. It often means subtraction of people. It often means a subtraction of staff. It may mean a subtraction of programs. It might mean a subtraction of, of activities, or it could even be, in our case, a subtraction of campuses, all in preparation for the next season, which is a season that Tony Morgan in his book called a season of sustained health. I talked about Tony Morgan's book, The Unstuck Church, and, and listed his life cycles of a church. Listen to what he said about the season we're talking about this morning. He said, 
The sustained health stage does not focus so much on what a church should do, but rather the circumstance or the characteristics that mark a truly healthy church. Checking boxes on a to-do list does not necessarily produce health. Churches are healthy when they exhibit important qualities such as making new disciples, pursuing continued growth, maintaining unity, multiplying ministry impact, embracing change, and modeling generosity. Then he adds, a major difference between strategic growth and sustained health is the focus on multiplication. So we're talking today about another season, a new season at the orchard that we're calling a season of multiplication. A season of multiplication. It really is an enlarged vision. So I want to take you once again to the New Testament church and and take you back once again to the first century. And there we find a man who is excited about a new season in life. And I want to walk with you through four seasons in his, in his life that closely resemble the four seasons we've talked about, and maybe we can learn something from the way he handled it. <clears throat> now, one thing I love about basketball season is I love it when the underdog begins to rise to the top. I'm one of the guys that I, if, if I don't have a particular draw to either of the two teams, I'm always going to pull for the underdog. I'm always going to be drawn to the underdog story. And if that underdog underdog team can win a championship, then that makes for a good movie. That makes for a good book. That makes for a good story. Well, this is the story about a man who started off as somewhat of an underdog, but rose quickly through wins in his life and losses in his life to the place that he became a man of great impact. I'm talking about Simon Peter. So let's take a look at how his vision changed as he moved through his life. And then I want to relate it to us today. We turn to Matthew's gospel, chapter 4, beginning with verse number 18 and reading through verse 20. We find an introduction to this man's vision. It says, as he was walking along the Sea of Galilee, that is, as Jesus was walking along the Sea of Galilee one day, early in his earthly, uh, uh, earthly ministry, he saw two brothers. Simon, who is called Peter, and his brother, Andrew. They were casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Follow me, he told them, and I will make you fish for people. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. So here is our first introduction to Peter. He's somewhat of an underdog. He's a fisherman. If I'm suggesting to you that I'm going to look for somebody to begin the movement that we now know of as the church, if I'm looking for someone who's to set the stage for all of Christianity out of nothing, Simon Peter's probably not the guy I'm looking for. He's an underdog. He's a fisherman. He and his brothers have a business. They're fishing along the north shore of the Sea of Galilee. They're trying to make a living. And one day Jesus comes and extends to them a call. And that call becomes a vision in his heart. And that vision in his heart is very important. So let's walk back through that if I could just a minute. The first thing I notice about Peter is he gets a vision. Jesus says, follow me. Now, it's very simple, but it's an important vision. It's important to the call. Peter hears the Lord Jesus saying, 
Come be one of my followers. Now, I resonate with that. That resonates with me uh, easily because I recall the day when Jesus called me and said, follow me. When Jesus spoke this into Peter's life, it changed his life forever. It was an invitation to be something different, to do something different. It was an invitation to change his life in so many ways. When we hear and receive the call, follow Christ today, guess what? It changes our lives lives. But then notice Peter's vision grows because then Jesus says, not only follow me, but then he says, I will make you fish for people. Now Peter's uh, vision has been enlarged. Not only is he going to follow Christ, but he's going to be a catalyst for others who may follow Christ. Now he's going to be a catalyst for many things that we would see later in his story if we had time to look at everything. There wasn't just a change of vocation that occurred in Peter. There was also an inward change that took place. And, and this would cause Peter to be in a position as a catalyst, as a leader. He would become the leader in the church. He would become the leader of the, of the apostles, the followers. Peter would impact the lives of other people. What a thought. First, Peter gets a vision, but then that vision grows. Now, the next thing I want you to see is Peter says yes to the vision. Look at what happened. It says, immediately they left their nets. Peter said yes to the vision. And evidently, it didn't take him long to decide. Now, it's not always easy to say yes to a vision. Sometimes the vision can be frightening. Sometimes the vision can be overwhelming. Sometimes the vision is, is enticing, but even as enticing as it is, there, there are things in us that make us wonder, can we do it? But eventually, Peter said yes. Now, I want you to hold on to that thought as we progress through the message, because here's the thing. We never will realize our vision until we say yes. We, we, we can't even pursue our vision without saying yes to the vision. So Peter immediately, it says, dropped his nets, left their nets. Now, why is that so important? That was not an easy decision. He was leaving his business. He was saying yes to the vision over his family concerns, over his business concerns, etc. Now, that brings me to the next point. Peter's vision brought challenges, right? Because it says they left their nets and followed him. Now, here's the challenge with that. The challenge means they didn't just leave their nets for that particular, fish, particular fishing expedition. It's not just that they left the nets for that day. No, they left the nets in order to follow him. They left the nets to give his life to the vision that he just received. Now, that's very important. Because you know what? When we see that, we begin to understand there are challenges involved in that. Serious challenges involved in that. Peter had so many challenges that came across from that. For example, it brought challenges to his family life, right? Now, what would they do when Peter's gone most of the time? What would they do for a living? How would they make a living? It produced challenges to his faith. We see that throughout his story. We see that time and again where Peter's faith is challenged. It, it challenged his feelings, right? It challenged how he would feel about himself and how he would feel about others. It challenged many of his old traditions and even his prejudices. When Jesus would call him to say, follow me into Samaria, 
It dealt with, he had to deal with prejudice that had been in his life all along. He had to deal with tradition changes. He had been raised a good, uh, good established Jewish man. And, and so that meant changes of tradition. Point is, there were all kinds of challenges out there. We talk about that more on the video this week, the more video this week. So I hope you'll tune in and get onto that. By the way, it's a great way week after week after week to have discussions in your small group, or maybe if you just want to do it on your own. But the point I want to make here is this vision that Peter has is challenging. And I want to say that, setting the table for where we're going in a moment to say, anytime we have a vision, there are challenges that accompany the vision. Now, there's one more thing I want to see about Peter before we move to the orchard. Peter's vision grew again. Later on in the story, fast forward, Peter's now followed the Lord Jesus for three years He's seen him, brought him to the place of crucifixion. He's seen the arrest. He's seen the crucifixion. And and now the resurrection. And now he's standing on the Mount of Olives where Jesus is about to be ascended into heaven. And look what Jesus says to Peter and to the others. He says, but you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you. Now, let me stop a minute because when you see that but, you know there's something previous, right? We need to know that, that Jesus is here with the disciples. He's telling them, explaining to them, you need to go back to Jerusalem. You need to stay in Jerusalem. You need to wait in an upper room until the Holy Spirit comes. There's something going to happen. There's something coming. You need to wait. But, he says, you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Now, the vision just got bigger for Peter. Not only is he to fish for men, but he's to expand that. And Jesus says it's going to happen this way. It's going to start at home, and then it's going to go to the uttermost ends of the earth. What does that look like? I put a map up here just so you could maybe visualize it a little bit. If you're not familiar with the lay of the land at that particular time, this is a, a picture of Israel, a map of Israel at Jesus's time. And, and if you look here, you can see Jerusalem is here and all of this pink area is Judea. So, so Peter, Peter, start right here at home. Jerusalem is home for them. And then he said, spread out into all of Judea. And then he talks about Samaria. That's the blue section. And then to the rest of the world, into the Galilee and the Decapolis and Perea and on into Asia and Europe and all those areas. So you see what's happening? He has expanded this vision to the point that the vision has become God-sized and it's way too big for Peter. Peter didn't have the resources to do these things. Peter didn't have the power to do them. So Jesus said, it's okay. I'm going to give you the resources. I'm going to resource you with power, and it's the power of the Holy Spirit. Peter knew that he couldn't accomplish this vision alone, but, but Jesus said it's okay because you all are going to be my witnesses. In other words, he said, Peter, it's okay because others are going to work with you, and as you work together, the manpower is multiplied. And finally, the Lord detailed a strategy for him and said, here's how I'm sure, I'm sure Peter must have said, Lord, I don't know anything about this. I'm a fisherman, remember? I don't know how to reach the world. I don't know how to multiply disciples. I don't even know how to get to Europe. I don't know what he might have said, but I know our nature. And our nature is when the challenges of a vision come, often we freeze up and we begin to tell the Lord all the reasons why we can't. And so Jesus in this one moment took care of all those questions and said, basically, Peter, are you willing to trust 
me. Are you willing to move in the direction that I lead? I'll resource it all. Now, what a thought. Peter moves from a simple vision to follow Christ to a God-sized vision to multiply what happened to him over and over and over and over again, the message of what happened to him. Now, I want to, I want to take that now and apply it to our hearts and lives because we've been talking for weeks now about a new season for the orchard and how this is a new season, how we're entering into a new season. So what does this have to do with that? Everything. Because guess what? For us, for you and I, this, this call started with a simple follow me. For me, it was when I was nine years old. I got a call, follow me. And I said yes to that call to that vision. And then the vision expanded when God spoke to my heart and said, you know what? I want all of your life, all of your being. And, and I said yes to that. But then you know what? The vision grew again. And he said, I want you to, to, to give your heart and life to ministry, vocational ministry. And again, I said yes. And, and he brought me to that place. And guess what? Then he expanded it again and said, I want you to plant a new church. And we said yes. And now he's saying, we should have multiply this thing in a God-sized fashion. And I don't know about you, but I want to say yes. The truth of the matter is we need to all say yes, because if we all say yes, we enter into the new season together. We started with a fresh vision to follow Christ, to launch a church. He quickly expanded our vision through momentum growth. Then momentum growth quickly brought about challenges it called for strategic growth. And now we believe God is calling us to a vision that changes us from a current vision of addition to a vision of multiplication, a vision that we believe can bring sustained health. Now, there's a lot of difference between a vision for addition and multiplication. I don't have to explain that to you. It's one thing to add people to the kingdom. It's one thing to add campuses to the orchard. It's one thing to add other family churches. But what if we could multiply and you're thinking, Pastor Eddie, that's a pretty big dream. I'm not sure we can do that. That's why I wanted to bring in Peter. Because Peter said the same thing. And yet Jesus said, I'll resource you with the power if you'll simply follow me. Now, the point of Peter's call was to get him to kingdom thinking. The point of our past seasons is to get us to multiplication thinking. Every season has its reason. And the reason for looking back at our past seasons is to understand their reason is to prepare us for where we are today and what God has for us tomorrow. I'm convinced that God has some great things. But now I want to get a little more specific. I still have to be fairly general. I only have a few minutes left, but I think I, I, I want to take at least a moment and talk a little bit more specifically because I had someone ask me last week, well, when are we going to talk about what this new season looks like? Well, let's think about it just a minute. But first of all, I want to talk about this. A new season at the orchard is going to need several things. Several things has to happen. The first thing has to happen is there has to be a clarity of mission. A clarity of mission. We we need to know what our mission is. Now, here's the good news. Our mission doesn't change. Our mission hasn't changed. Our mission is still to make disciples. Jesus gave that mission to us 
Back in his day, before he left the earth, he gathered those apostles there on the Mount of Olives. And what did he say? Actually, all the followers that he had there, he said, he gathered them together. He said, listen, here's your commission. Here's your charge. Here's your mission. Go and make disciples. And so our mission is to, first of all, make disciples. We said seven year, 13 years ago that we would make disciples of the unconvinced, the unconnected, and the unfinished. Those who are not yet convinced of the reality of the gospel, the truth of the gospel. Those who are not yet convinced about the salvation that they have in Jesus Christ. We are to make disciples. We are to always be reaching out with the gospel message. Our preaching must always be gospel-centered. Our teaching must always be gospel-centered. Our groups, gospel-centered. It's important that we make disciples. And then another thing that hasn't changed, we're called to love God and love people. That's part of our vision. Love God. Love people. That's what Jesus said when, was, when he was asked about the greatest commandments. He said, here's the great commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is like it. Love your neighbors yourself. That's our mission. That's who we are. That's how we press forward. And that needs to be clarified. We don't want to leave that. We don't want that to change. We want to move on. The values that we value here at the orchard uh, just need to press on. And you say, well, what are those values? I don't have time to talk about all of these as much as I would love to. There, I'll tell you this. There is going to be a more video coming on this one also. But Here's they, here they are. Let me just read through them quickly. We believe we are a church for the unconvinced, unconnected, and the unfinished. Yes. We believe that we are a simple church that loves God, loves people. That's one of the values we hold to. Let's do what no one else is doing to reach those that no one else is reaching. That's very important to us. It's important to us to understand that we're here because so many are not here. Let that sink in a little bit. We're here because so many are not here. And we say this so many times. I hope you know it by now. We want something for you, not just from you. So many times churches want something from you, but I believe we have something for you including starting with a gospel message. New campuses reach new people in new places, and that's why we want to continue to reach new places with new campuses and new structures. And then finally, something we believe is very importantly, if all you see is Sunday, then you're missing out. There's way more than what you see at a typical service on a, Monday, uh, a Sunday morning. Now, that's important because if we're only about a Sunday morning performance, we're missing the boat. We're about reaching people. We must be deeply committed to that. So we have to have clarity of mission. Secondly, we need laser focus on the mission, right? Laser focus on the mission. We must be deeply committed to our mission, but not necessarily married to our methods. Sometimes we get confused between mission and methods. And for some of us, Eddie's included in this, I have to deal with this all the time, sometimes we put more of a focus on our methods than we do on our mission. And if we're not careful, our methods can get in the way of our mission. We want to be sure that our methods become important to us, yes, but more important is the mission. One example of that, how many times do we as churches, we as the orchard even, get put more emphasis on a program than on people? Wait a minute, what's more important? Not the program the pe- or buildings than people or budgets than people. Think about it just a moment. That's why seasons of subtraction are very difficult for us because sometimes we focus on numbers of people rather than on a pathway to multiplication. We can't let methods become more important than the mission. Now, we need... 
Granted, we need a strategy as well as a dream, right? We need a strategy as well as a dream. Some of us are good dreamers, but I think vision, the difference, one difference in vision and a dream, I think vision demands a strategy. A dream is something that we can dream up and think, oh, wouldn't it be nice? A vision says, this is where we're headed. We need a strategy. So what's our strategy going to be? How can we do that? How can we continue to be a church that exists to make disciples of the unconvinced, the unconnected, the unfinished? How can we move forward in a vision of a new season, an enlarged vision, a God-sized vision for what God has for us? Well, we several things I think you're going to see in this new season. And one of them, it starts with new leadership. We've talked about that, a leadership change. We're about to have a leadership change, and we all know that by now, or at least we're going to vote on that this afternoon. When you come to the Harvest Festival, we'll have a time of voting. We'll be, we'll be voting on a new lead pastor. And, and yeah, that means something has to happen to Eddie. Yeah, but fortunately, that doesn't mean I have to exit from the orchard. What that means is Eddie's retiring as the lead pastor so that we can move forward. Why would you do that? I've been asked. I've already been asked that. Why would you do that? Here's why. Because I want something for you, not from you. And I believe the best thing for the orchard at this moment is for this transition to take place. We'll talk more about it this afternoon. I hope you'll be at the harvest celebration so you can be a part of that and a part of that explanation and where I can talk a little bit more about how we arrived at this particular place. Also, I think we may see some changes, some new systems, some changes in structure and systems and the way we do things and the way we accomplish things. Why would we do that? Because you know what? In all honesty, COVID-19 and the past year knocked everything down. And it's a great time to rebuild. I tell the story of my little Bryce, my youngest grandson, who loves to build with Legos and building blocks. But about the time he gets the tower built, guess what? One of the brothers comes by, the bigger brothers. And you know what they love to do? They love to kick down the building, right? Sometimes I think that's what COVID has done. We were building this building and COVID just kind of levels it in all levels. But guess what? It opens up an incredible opportunity for us to build again, for us to enter into a new season. I think COVID-19, even though we needed a new season anyway, just ushered us into that with a great opportunity. And honestly, I think it's a, it's a catalyst for us to move in that direction. A new strategy. I think as simple as it may seem, I think really it's a big strategy. And that is a strategic change from moving from addition thinking to multiplication thinking. Instead of thinking how we can add, how can we multiply? Instead of thinking how we can add a campus, we've talked about that. Why not add a campus that could be a hub that reproduces into multiple campuses? Why not think multiplying instead of adding? Instead of thinking about adding another family church, why not think that we could have a system whereby we could add a family church that multiplies or adds? And, and so we take an attitude of multiplication. Now, you know what this does for the vision? It enlarges the vision. And frankly, it makes it God-sized. Are we going to be satisfied to just be a good church? Or could we be challenged with a vision to become a multiplying church that reaches sustainable health and moves out to enlarge the kingdom of God? That's a big vision. 
But I believe the next year we begin that season. As we move, we begin that season. So it's going to take clarity of mission. There's no doubt about that. There's going to have to be clearly a focus, a laser focus on that mission. We can't get distracted with everything else. And then the final thing, very important, gazelle intensity for the mission. Gazelle intensity. You say, what in the world is gazelle intensity? The idea comes from Proverbs 6, verses 1 through 7. And in there, a portion of that scripture says this. It says, if you have have sighed surety, my son, do this. Give no sleep to your eyelids, no slumber to your eyes, and deliver yourself like a gazelle from the hand of the hunter, a bird from the hand of the fowler. Any of you who've taken Dave Ramsey's course know about gazelle intensity, right? He talks about the, he's, he's referring it to getting out of debt. And he says, you got to be like a gazelle running from a lion. Man, that gazelle is running for his very life, right? It's not just a casual jog through the park. I'm running for my life. And that brings intensity and that gazelle is running with intensity. I believe it takes that kind of intensity to pursue a vision, uh, particularly a God-sized vision. It produced, yes, we have to have a clarity in that mission. We, we have to focus with laser focus on the task and not be distracted. But ultimately, we've got to pursue it with gazelle intensity. Sometimes that's hard. That takes energy. There's a whole lot involved in that, and we'll talk about that at another time. But the point is moving forward and where God wants to take us, where God wants to move us. All this started with Peter. When he said yes, the key for Peter was not even just seeing the vision. It wasn't agreeing with the vision. It wasn't thinking, oh, that's a nice vision, Jesus. Hope you get it accomplished one day. It all started when Peter said yes. And everything that God did in Peter's life was to not make him a better fisherman, but to make him a fisher of men who would multiply fishers of men who would multiply the fishers of men so that the kingdom would grow. Everything in Peter's life brought him to this place of multiplication. Everything in Peter's life brought him to this place of an enlarged, God-sized vision of a kingdom that he could impact greatly. And I want to suggest to you, I know it sounds bold, but everything, every season of the orchard has been in place as God is preparing us for where we are right now. As God prepares us to move us from a a vision of follow me to an enlarged vision of follow me and make followers of me to 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 an enlarged vision, even a larger vision that says now multiply and build the kingdom of heaven. You see, it's not about an orchard thing. It's about a kingdom thing. Now, all of it depends on saying yes. So here's where I want to leave you for this message, but really for the entire season, simple takeaway. Say yes to whatever season comes next. In your life, in your own personal ministry, in your own service, and certainly for we at the Orchard, we're going to say yes to the next ministry, to the next season that comes along. I've said yes in my heart. I hope you'll say yes in your heart. I hope you'll join us. I hope you'll be a part of the next season of our ministry. I hope you'll get excited about it. I hope like a new basketball team, you enter this new season with excitement and passion, with hope for some big wins, with hope for a championship, with hope of improving, 
with, with hopes of getting, gaining more skill. And certainly, I hope you'll join it for the fun. Because I'm telling you, when God gets involved and we're involved, but he is involved and we get involved with him, guess what? It's a fun ride. And I promise you, he offers not only life, but life abundant. Now, maybe you're here this morning and you're listening and you're thinking, well, that all sounds exciting to me. I don't know how to be a part of it. Let me tell you, it all starts with saying yes to that call to follow me. So perhaps you today just need to answer that call. Perhaps the Lord Jesus is speaking to your heart. You're not hearing him audibly, but you're, you're just having that tug in you. you. You have that awareness in you and you know that something's going on. You know what? That is the Lord Jesus himself saying to you, follow me. Follow me. Drop your life. Let everything go and follow me. Put aside everything else and yield yourself completely to me. We do that simply through prayer, simply through repentance of our sins and placing our faith in him and, and, and receiving his gift of eternal life that he has purchased and bought through his finished work on the cross. And you can experience that today by simply saying to him, Lord, I do want to live for you. I want to follow you with every bit of my being. You can do that right now. Those of you at the Live Oak campus, you can do that because you know what? People will be available to help you and people will be available to talk to you. You can grab Austin or, or you can grab Toby or, or you can grab others who will be there to help you with that. If you're online, watching on the online campus, there's a place for you to call and ask for prayer. There's, there's somebody waiting to pray with you right now or to talk with you or to lead you through the process right now. All you have to do is reach out. We're there. I hope you'll do that. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, thank you for your grace. And thank you, O God, for your blessing in our life. As you extend a vision, a call to vision, a call to ministry to us, God, we want to say yes. And Lord, whatever it is you're calling us to in the next season, we don't even know what it is yet. We don't even understand it all. But Lord, even today, before we know, our answer is yes. Yes, we want to follow you with our whole heart. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.